So have y'all enjoyed this series so far? So good, so good. The first week we talked about that there is a seat for you at the table. Jesus paid a huge price for there to be a seat for you at the table. And then last week we talked about as the table is a place of thanksgiving. And who knows that God gave us a key into the kingdom of God. And the first place that we have to use that key is with thanksgiving. Because we come into his courts with praise and it, into his courts with thanksgiving. And so when we give thanks, we get more. Amen. We love that. And we talked about the four laws. The four laws were the law of keep your fork because the best is yet to come. The law of desserts, stress spelled backwards is desserts. Who partook in desserts this week? Amen, amen. And so, because sometimes we have to read the back of the book to the front of the book. And so, and then we had the law of kiss the cook. Who knows? The law of kiss the cook. And then we had the law of eat what's in front of you. Don't look at comparison. Don't, don't compare our plates to one another. And so, so good. And then today, today we're going to talk about trust. How much trust do you have in Jesus Christ? How much trust do you have in the blood and his body that was shed for you? And I had to repent because I had an image of Jesus Christ, but then he said, I need to bring you into the reality of who I am. Because there is a difference. We have a, a mindset of who God is and who his word is. But then when he started to put flesh, the word became flesh. And that is what we have to begin to trust in we have to start somewhere, and the word is the beginning of the trust. And then it starts to take on flesh, which is his blood, his body, and that is what we need to trust in. And like Michelle said and like Pastor said in the beginning, we need to have a relationship. Without a relationship, you don't even believe the word. Because if you have a friend and you talk to that friend and he or she, you don't spend time with them, you don't know their voice, you don't know their character, you don't know anything about them, you don't know the little quirks about them. And so my thing today is asking each and every one to begin to trust in the word. Because if you begin to trust in the word, when the trouble comes, and trust me, Jesus said, it will come. When it comes, you can go to the word, and it will sustain you. But if you don't have it, you're up the creek without a paddle. And that's just the truth. You're up the creek without a paddle because you don't have anything to sustain you. And there are times when God will speak to you about his word he will speak specifically just one word to you and you need to go and research that word and you need to stand on that word if you have a sickness if you're having financial problems if you're having all kinds of family problems if you're having marital problems you need to get a word that you can trust in because that 
will sustain you. If you don't have that, if you're depending on Michelle's words, pastor's words, my words, it's not going to sustain you. You have got to get your own. This is about relationship. And I'm not telling you something that off the top of my head. I'm telling you, relationship comes sometimes through conflict where you have to go back to the beginning, which is the word of God. And without it, you will not stand. I'm just telling you the truth. You will not stand without the word to trust in. So I'm asking each and every one today, when you trust him, you can give him, you're going to give him thanksgiving even though you haven't seen the outcome. If you have a sickness, you don't wait until you, the doctor tells you you're healed. You trust in what you have been told by the word of God. You trust in that. You cannot afford to wait until you see the reality of it because that is not where the trust comes from. It comes from trusting what he has said to you personally. And if you don't have that, you need to get that for whatever the circumstances are because you will not stand if you don't have it. So the trust in the word is where you start. The relationship and the thanksgiving is where it all meshes together. It's like a pot of stew. <laughs> you cannot have one part of it without all of it. You can't have beef stew without the beef. You got to have it. So you cannot have a relationship without the word. And you cannot have the word without being thankful. And you cannot trust God without his word again. So my thing to you today is begin to trust for yourself. Not what I say, not what he says or she says. Get your own. That's such a good word. I got to turn them on. All right. So get your Bible out. We're going to go to the Word. I'm going to have to go fast because I done preached two sermons already. All right. So I'm going to have to go fast. Get your Bibles out. Listen, I'm going to talk about being thankful. Uh, I know this is, y'all think this is silly, but the other night, uh, Heidi and I both were sick. Bless her heart. She had her head over the toilet, and I had my head in the sink. I said, baby, we hunted together, we shopped together, and we got sick together. And, but I got in the bed, and I just read her this scripture that says, In every circumstance, give thanks. In every circumstance, give thanks. We're not going to let a little sickness ruin our day. In every circumstance, give thanks. That's the will of God. That's the purpose of God. Amen. Uh, I don't know if she wanted to hear that at 430 in the morning, but anyway. <laughs> Psalms 23. Most of you know this passage of scripture. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overfloweth. Surely, goodness and mercy. 
Everybody say, surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to take my text today from the passage that says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you've anointed my head with oil, and my cup overfloweth. My cup is flowing over. My cup's not half full. My cup is overflowing with what? The goodness and the mercy of the Lord. So when we speak of war, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the battlefield, the battle, the, the, the confrontation, the altercation with our adversary. And um, I, I'm just going to say this at the outset. I don't know if this is going to mean someone today or not, but oftentimes that you're in a, a spiritual battle is because you've allowed your mind to go to a physical thing that's happened around you, to you, or about you, or something, and you're distracted. This is not in my notes, because I, I feel like this is something the Lord wants me to say. You're distracted by a person or a situation, and you're actually creating a battle that's not a battle. You've you, you got your eyes so focused on a situation you may have been offended by someone someone may have done you wrong someone may have stole your money took your uh stole your pride st stole something from you and you get so indignant about it that you focus on that person you invite an enemy into your life that's not even there it's an invitation that's why we have to say no to the devil that's why we cannot get our eyes on people Listen, if you're in this place today, you either are offended, been offended, or will be offended. Can I help you? I'm going to give you a deep, deep word today. Get over it. Amen. You need to get over it because here's what's going to happen. If you don't get over it, you're going to open the door. I wasn't going to preach none of this, so I know this is Holy Spirit. You're going to open the door to bitterness, and when bitterness takes root in your life, it is, it, it is, it is the... It is the very disease that will destroy you. Right. And it's a silent, deadly disease of the mind, the soul, and the body. It will take you out. It will make you physically ill. It will make you mentally incapable of functioning like you were created to function. And it will kill your spirit, man. Word for the day. So there are times that the Lord has instructed us when we go into battle that we must do our part to win the battle. And, and there are times that we're called to a place of rest where the Lord goes before us and he fights our battle. There's one thing that's for certain. In both situations, the Lord gives us a divine word. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I'm going to show you two parts of this today. How do we know which one we're supposed to do? To rest or to take, take it by force? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. My nature is just go ahead and take it by force. Come on. Anybody with me today? Come on. And the violent, take it by force. That's my word. Come on. Because I want to, I heard someone already say this today. I want to, uh, I think it was Ashley that said it during the worship. I want to fix things. I want to get it done. I, I want to deal with it. I want to fix it. Sometimes, though, the Lord wants you, wants you to just chill. Just chill. Just chill out. But there are times that God wants us to take it by force. So 
whether we're, we're resting uh, and that's what we're doing, say, which one do you know what you're supposed to do? Well, if you've been at the table of rest and, and nothing's happened, then you might want to ask the Lord, is it time for me to take out a sword and go to battle? I've been at the table of rest, but now, Lord, is it that time? I will promise you this. If you'll always go to the table of rest first, you will have a strategy for the battle. But if you go to the battle without the table, you will not have a strategy for the battle. Come on, that's a good word right there. Somebody put that in my notes, too. <laughs> but winning the war is always comes from a place of worship. Yes. Always comes from a place of worship. You're never going to win the war without it coming from a place of worship. And it starts with knowing that you have a place at the table. Mm-hmm. It starts with having an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving for what God has already done in your life. Mm-hmm. Worship is always birthed out of the goodness of God. You cannot worship out of a place of desperation by itself. You got to worship out of a place of thanksgiving first. I will enter to his gates with thanksgiving, to his courts with praise. Before I make my petition known unto the Lord, I need to look back and say, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the things that you've done. In Psalms 18, David sang a song to the Lord uh, uh, the, about the day that the Lord rescued him out of the hands of Saul. And he said, he started off. And Psalms 18, he said, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, to whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am, very, I am saved from my enemies. Now, I want you to do some homework today. I want you to do some homework. I want you to go home and read all 50 verses of this scripture today. I want you to go home and I want you to make it your homework for the evening to read all 50 verses out of Psalms 18. But let's look at Psalms 18:33. He said, you made my feet like the feet of a deer and you set me secure on the heights. He has trained my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand support me and your gentleness made me great. And you gave me a wide place for my steps under my feet, that my feet did not slip. He said, Lord, all the things that I've gone, I've, I'm, I'm going to fight for, all the things I've got to win, you have already provided all of these things for me. You know where that came from? It came from a place of worship. It, you, you can't go to war and just have a battle on your hands and go and say, I'm going to take this by force without first the worship. The worship is engaging with God. It's trusting and knowing that the word that he's already said is faithful and true. I want his word to become life to me. When you're in a deep, dark place, that word becomes life to you, but it also becomes instruction for you. So when you're walking through the valley of the shadow, when you're going through the dark time, you hide yourself in him him and in his word, and God shows up. Look at this. He said, I pursue my enemies and overtook them, and they did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise, and they fell under my feet. You equipped me with strength for the battle, and you, uh, you made those who rise against me sink under, my, under me. I like that. I like it when I feel victorious, like, yeah, God, we got them. But it comes from a place of worship. I love that he said, even in this passage, this is what I wanted to bring out today. There is a time to go after a battle. There is a time to pursue. He says, I pursued my enemies. 
I pursued my enemies. David said there was this time that came that I took out the sword and I pursued my enemies and I thrust them through and they died and they fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. There is a time in our spiritual life that we have to pursue the enemy. That we tell the enemy, no, I'm driving you back. I'm running you out of town. I'm taking authority over you. Uh, there are times, though, that God uses us to pursue the battle. But never let us forget that he's equipped us fully for the purpose of the battle. Now I'm going to take you to another story, one of my favorite kid stories in the Bible when I was a kid. I loved this story. It was about Gideon. He goes out to fight, and I'm not going to read all this. I'm just going to share it with you. And he started out with 23,000 men. I want everybody to say with me, I'm sorry, 32,000. Everybody say 32,000. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot of men. And then the Lord tells him, uh, you go tell everybody who's afraid, they just go on home. Come on. Now, now you're the general of this army, and you're thinking, now, Lord, I'm going to go tell these 32,000 men, if you're afraid, go home. Well, if you're going to war, there's probably a little fear in you. And, and 23,000 of them leave. Everybody say 23,000 leave. 23, they head out. So there's 10,000 left. I want you to say 10,000. Okay, so we went from 32 to 10,000 and one little speech. Don't sound like a very good strategy to me. Then the Lord instructed Gideon, you still have too many men. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold up. Wait, hold up. Time out. You're, too many men? I went from, from 32,000 to 10,000, and you're still saying I got too many men? He said, I want you to take them down to the water. And when you get them to the water, I want you to have them to drink. And the ones that kneel down, and they cup their hands, and they lap like a dog, he said, keep those. The ones that stick their face in the water, send them home. <laughs> let, let me help you understand this. There was only 300 that did that. So here they are. They've gone from 32,000 to 300. I don't know about you, but I like 32,000 when I'm going to war better than 300. Now, it gets better than that. Then the Lord says, look, here's what I'm going to give you to fight. It's not going to be a machine gun. I'm going to give you this picture, this jar, and this trumpet. You're going to do what, God? I'm going to give you a jar, and I'm going to give you a trumpet. Lord, we, 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 we need a sword. We need a few spears. We need, uh, we need some bow and arrows. We need some shields. We need a helmet. No, no, you just need a glass jar, a lamp, a little torch, and a trumpet. And, and when you get down there, you're going to blow this trumpet. And, and you're going to break this jar. And you're going to win the war. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of telling us a little different than the, than the scripture here just a little bit. Because I want you to see this first. So I'm sure that the man of God is thinking, now, Lord, really? But then he happens up on two guys that had a dream. One had a dream. And he was sharing the dream. And in the dream, one of them hears this dream, sees in this dream a, a, a loaf of bread, a big piece of bread. Come on now, somebody. This bread, and this big giant piece of bread, and it's rolling down the hill. It's getting crazier, right? This whole story is getting crazier by the minute. It's rolling down the hill, and it hits the enemy. It runs over their tents and smashes their tents. 
a loaf of a big roll of bread. And so he knew then that the Lord had already caused there to be a victory. So they go out to the battlefield, and he said at the right time, he said, I'm not going to break this today. I I feel a little crazy today, but I'm not going to break this. Just (laughs) pretend. He said, when I tell you, when I blow the trumpets, break the glass. And you know what the enemy did? They took off running. Let me tell you something. There's sometimes there's a place of rest that we sit at the table of God. And what seems to be happening, come on somebody, does not make sense. And it's very hard for us not to want to get up from the table ourselves and go out and take up a sword and go to battle. But we have to trust that the Lord has already gone before us, come on, and that he's already made a way for us. And that whatever seems like sometimes ridiculous to us is really God working for us. Has God ever put you in a ridiculous situation? Has God ever put you in a situation that you could not figure out for no love nor money? You couldn't understand why, God, if you got me in the middle of this situation, but then you sit at the table, and God said, here, I give you a trumpet and a glass and a drink. And all you got to do is blow the horn. There's no blood going to be shed. There's nobody going to be hurt. But you know, oftentimes we go into a battle because we want to take it ourselves, and we get bloody in a battle that didn't even have to happen because we wasn't willing to come to the table of the Lord and our worship and our praise and our thanksgiving. And most of those battles are in our mind. And God has already fought the battle, and we have already won the war. There's times we just need to show up and trust God. You don't need to do anything else. Just show up and trust God. Just show up and worship. Just show up and give him thanks for what he's already done. You know, the enemy likes to come into us, and and he likes to come against us when we're tired and when we're hungry and when we're sick and when we're down and out. Listen, in those times the enemy comes in, he'll try to, set things against us, and we have to believe that God is for us and nothing can stand against us. The Scripture talks about this. It talks about us bringing every thought into captivity. When you get in those places, don't let your mind run rampant with things. Come to the table and sit in His presence and say, God, I'm just going to worship you. Renew my mind today, God. No, I know that it don't look good. I know, God, that the situation doesn't look like I want it to look. But you go before me, God, and I'm going to rest in your word and in your presence. And I'm going to worship you with everything that's within me. Worship team, you can come. I think about the story of the guy sitting at the pool of Bethesda. And he was, uh, he was there for many years. And Jesus came and stood in front of him and said, Do you want to be healed? He didn't even answer Jesus with, yes, I want to be healed. He started giving all the reasons why he couldn't be healed. Well, I've been here for this long. I have no one to put me in the pool. This is never going to happen for me. Somebody always gets in before me. And as Michelle talked about, he began to compare himself to others around. 
and his miracle was standing in front of him. Oftentimes, the Lord comes to us and he wants to sit at the table with us so badly. And he asks us the question, but we're so caught up in the war, we're so caught up in the what's going on and what's going to happen, that he says, do you want me to fix this for you? And we say, but you can't, Lord, because this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened, and it's just never going to happen. Well, why were you at the pool to begin with? You started out with faith. You started out believing for a miracle. But somewhere along the way, you got distracted by the things of life. And you let all the negatives and all those things come against you. But your miracle's standing at your door today. And God wants to give you the very desires of your heart. Just don't spend our time complaining when we have the answer sitting in front of us. The scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't want for anything. I don't want for anything. I want you to say that with me today. The Lord's my shepherd. I don't want for anything. No, no, you didn't say that with confidence today because you're still standing at the pool thinking, well, there's some things I do want. But I'm telling you, your miracle, your shepherd, the Holy One is standing, is sitting at the table with you. And you just recline at the table and say, Lord, you're my shepherd. I have need of nothing. I, there's nothing that I have need of. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. You know, sometimes the Lord in his wisdom just puts you there for purpose. Makes you to lie down in the green pastures. Just come lie down right here because I want to show you a few things. He leads me beside the still waters. And he restores my soul. Sometimes in the valley where we often look at the valley, we think, man, this is the worst place to be. But in actuality, it's a place of restoration. It's all your perception of how you see it. If the valley becomes just a dark tunnel for you, that you can't understand there's a miracle in the making, it's very disturbing. But if you can see in the valley, there's a place of restoration that's coming, and God's going to take all the things that the enemy would like to put against you, and he's going to restore some things in your life. And what... It's kind of like what was old is now going to become new. He's reforming and transforming and changing the heart. Because he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to end this today like this. It's time for us to pray big prayers. Come to the table with the Lord and start praying big prayers like we serve a big God. And I don't want today to be cynical or minimize anything in your life, but if you're praying for what you already have, that's not much faith. For instance, and I've prayed this, 
Lord, be with me today. You don't need to pray that. Because he's already promised he's going to be with you today. <laughs> but you can say, Lord, thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Lord, because you're with me today. Thank you, Lord, because you've made a way for me, because he said he's going to make a way for you. Thank you, Lord, for preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thank you, Lord, for anointing my head with all. Thank you, Lord. I give you thanksgiving for the things you've already said, the things you've already done. But God, I'm praying big prayers. He said, speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. I'm going to say to that mountain, mountain, go back into the sea. You're not going to stand in my way. Because the Lord goes before me. He fights my battles. He fights my battles. He fights my battles. So I can't get my eyes focused on the situation. Because if I get my eyes focused on the situation, the situation becomes what I worship I get my I, I see the situation but I look past it why don't you take your hand and put it in front of your face right now where all you can see is your hand then I just want you to peek around the corner of your hand just peek around the corner you see oftentimes we get our hand we see the situation like this and we never peek around the corner we never see and so all we get caught up with is what we can only see. But we need to look beyond what we see and say, God, there's victory ahead for me. And this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like the enemy's come in and he's, he's ready to take me out. But victory is mine. And because he lives and because he is God and because I can trust him and because his word is yea and amen, and he never fails. He is faithful. Oh, he's faithful when? Just on the little... No, he's faithful when? Come on, say it again, sister. Say it again. To the end. He's faithful to the very end. He don't go half the distance with us. Come on, somebody. Anybody here today? He don't go half the distance with us and then says, see ya. He's faithful to the end. We walk through the valley. We don't set up camp in the valley. We don't put our tents pegs down and say this is where listen if that's where you're at today pull up stakes it's time to move on we don't camp in the valley we just walking through the valley because he's faithful to the end so let's come to the table this morning let's come to the table and say God we're just going to trust you with our lives we're going to trust you with our kids we're going to trust you with our problems. We're going to trust you with every situation. We're going to trust you with our sickness. We're going to trust you with whatever it is, God. You know where it begins, though? It begins when you trust the Lord and say, you're my rock and my salvation. And I make you Lord over everything. This is Lordship. You're Lord over everything in my life. Not just some things. Oh, I need to quit. But <laughs> You didn't just get saved just to make it to heaven. Can I help some of you today? Some of y'all just want to go to heaven. And I do too, by the way. But you didn't just get saved to get to heaven. You got saved and filled with the goodness of God so that you can live in heavenly places here on earth. 
I just feel like I need to share this with you this morning. We used to sing old songs. I remember growing up singing songs. Won't it be wonderful there? Let me tell you something, honey. It should be wonderful here. And if it's not wonderful here, you're looking at the wrong things. You got your eyes on the wrong things. Because when you see him and you make a place at the table and you come to the table that he's made a place for you actually and you sit with him, you start seeing different things. You get a heavenly vision. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we just love you this morning.